This is is the the Legs and Eggs Podcast, starring Heather, Heather, Clemstown, and Sarah the Ruthless. Eminem used to be great to me, like, but he made like a bunch of albums complaining about his mom, and I kind of quit. I still like his, well, I, I don't really like his newer stuff. I like his older stuff where he bitched about everybody. You don't like his um, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump diss track? <laughs> there was this one kid, though, who I remember that made a Hillary and Donald rap, and it was called uh, Hillary Trumplin or something, basically saying they were the same candidate, and I think he slayed. He was awesome. I think I might have heard that. Fupa. I know, is he coming back? Put on speaker, Fupa. Everyone misses you. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Legs and Eggs podcast, Fupa. Get on it. Starting to get a complex. Hi, this is Charlie Sad. I'll show you how to pop a Hungry Man dinner into the microwave. Hi. This is Trailer Sailor. If you were a latchkey, you probably attended a D.A.R.E. program and eventually tried drugs. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. If you were a latchkey, you met up with neighborhood kids and played Nintendo. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. I'm here to show you how to give someone an atomic wedgie. Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, living the dream here. How about you guys? Fantastic. Just uh, enjoying a beverage. Yeah, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, the, I'm a bit. I'm a basic bitch, so I'm I'm sticking to my uh, old fashions. Originals order originals, though, right? You can't beat the uh, old and tasty old fashioned. You know, plus it gets me drunk fast. Yeah, I know. What's the point? If it doesn't do that. I was just telling them that I am drinking apple pie moonshine and ginger ale. And it is delicious. That is not basic. And that sounds quite delicious. I highly recommend. I haven't had moonshine in forever. I think the last time I had moonshine, it was, uh, maybe it was apple cinnamon. And they had like sticks of cinnamon in there. There's um, Midnight Moon or something. They have moonshine in the mason jar and there's cinnamon sticks in it. But... I have the old smoky moonshine. I visited the distillery in Tennessee and it was amazing. Little Rock. Nine skirts for right in Little Rock's fight. Defying heat with hearts of light. They walked with grace amidst violence and fears. Challenging injustice. Conquering with cheers. Their legacy lives on, a reminder to be courageous in the face of adversity. Little Rock Nine forever remembered for justice and equality they endeavored. Do you guys remember all the like the funny, like crazy sexual gay like the houdini and like all that other crazy shit like people would talk about Mm -hmm. so i i felt like i wanted to bring up some of the popular ones and ask you guys like to rate them one out of ten 
10 being totally possible and uh, a zero or one being, yeah, absolutely not possible. At all. Okay. Oh, yeah. The first one is called the Simba. You, when you come all over a girl's stomach, take a swipe of your index finger and you wipe it on your their forehead and you say, you are Simba. Uh, probably, yeah, that, that would happen. 100%. <laughs> like, I've met guys. <laughs> that wouldn't happen to me. But, <laughs> but, but, I could see myself doing that to a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's, here's a personal favorite of mine. I've never tried it, but I think it'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, this one's called The Angry Pirate. So this is when a girl is giving you head and you pull out and you blow the load in her face. While you're doing that, you also kick her in the knee and she ends up jumping around while covering her one eye like a fucking pirate. <laughs> Jesus. That's fucking <laughs> This is like some 13-year-old shit right there. But that's that's more up my alley. <laughs> I can't believe these aren't TikTok challenges yet. I know, right? Here's another one. This one's called the 300. This one I feel like anyone can do. So when you're done having sex, make sure your per your partner is at the end of the bed near your feet. And all you do is yell, this is Sparta. And you just kick her off the bed or them. Oh, that's like hashtag married life. <laughs> <laughs> Average human produces a quart of saliva every day. Hashtag facts. You know who had a nice head of hair? Joseph Stalin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a picture of young Stalin? I think the best hair I've seen is that guy Tan from Queer Eye. Oh, yeah, he has nice hair. He has, like, the best fucking quaff going on. And the color is, oh, yeah. perfect. Again, young Stalin has, have you ever seen, I let, why don't I bring up a picture of him on the screen? Yeah, bring up a picture of Stalin for us. Young Stalin, man, okay. Yeah, he, he kind of looks like, uh, he kind of looks like Zayn Malik. He does. He's kind of hot, right? Yeah, oddly attractive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Od oddly attractive. Minus the genocide and everything. He, he had nice hair. Up in the air. 
always passed down the truth, love and being expressed. One thing I was thinking about glory holes that I think is kind of interesting is that like two different people will go to a glory hole, right? Two totally different. They don't know each other, nothing. They won't even interact at the glory hole. And one of them will leave completely satisfied and just, and just it's like a cathartic experience for them, right? And another person will leave and just suffer with shame for weeks about what they did. Some people get off on that shame though. True, yeah, 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 yeah. I have a friend and one of his sexual preferences is to be humiliated. Everybody has something. <laughs> I mean, but like if you go to a glory hole and it's really basically anonymous, you, you feel shame from it. Are you actually being humiliated because no one really knows, you know? I think that all of those feelings of like guilt and shame and fear all kind of synonymous in that way. I don't know. It's It's that whole like masochistic thing. That's the deal for most people, because if they walk away feeling the shame, that's part of the getting off. Because it's like, ooh, risky. This is taboo, you know? I said, so it really doesn't matter if someone else knows about it. It's, it's right. like your own personal like thing that you're internalizing. I would think so. Yeah, but it can still be, ooh, risky, taboo without shame. I think that's religious programming that does that to people, though. The lesson of the day is always have your phone with you. I'm out running errands and I had to use the bathroom. So I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. I left my phone in my car because I'm only in there for a second. I don't need my phone in the bathroom. Um, But I did because written in tiny letters in Sharpie on the bathroom stall was Mr. Mom. This brings me so many questions. I don't know where to start. And also kicking myself, I'm not going to go back in and take a picture but I wish I had taken a picture. Mickey Mantle. I remember the first time I saw Mickey Mantle play. It was a sunny afternoon in the summer of 56, and my dad had taken me to Yankee Stadium. I was just a kid, but I was already a big baseball fan. And as soon as I saw Mantle take the field, I knew I was witnessing something special. From that day on, I was a die-hard Mantle fan. I followed his career religiously, keeping track of his stats and reading every article I could find about him. And as I grew up and faced my own struggles, Mantle's career became a source of comfort and inspiration for me. When I was in my early 20s, I went through a difficult breakup. I was heartbroken, lost, and unsure of where to turn. But as I sat in my apartment, Feeling sorry for myself, I turned on the TV and saw Mantle hit a home run. Watching him play that day, I realized that no matter how bad things seemed, there was always something to hope for. Mantle's resilience and determination, his ability to keep going even when things were tough, gave me the strength to do the same. Over the years, I faced other challenges, health problems, family issues, career setbacks. But through it all, Mantle remained a constant source of inspiration for me. I would watch old clips of him on YouTube or read a biography about his life and career, and I would feel a renewed sense of hope and optimism. Mantle wasn't just a baseball player to me. 
He was a symbol of everything that was good and right in the world. The power of hard work, the importance of perseverance, and the enduring strength of the human spirit. Even now, years after Nanty's death, I still feel a deep sense of gratitude for all he did for me. He may have been a hero to millions of baseball fans, but to me, he was something even more special. A friend and a mentor, somebody who helped me through some of the toughest times of my life. I feel like we got to talk about the Ohio accident, right? Have yeah. you guys talked about that yet? Because, oh. I mean, shit every day is getting fucking crazier. Right? There was like a fucking like black mushroom cloud that came up from that. And they're like, oh, no, it's okay. It's safe for you to breathe, even though there's like dead animals, dead fish everywhere. And then they don't like really fucking cover it that much in the beginning. But then because there were people, I guess, on TikTok talking about it a lot, they had, like, no choice. <laughs> Cover-ups can't exist now. I mean, <laughs> not with phones, bro. You, you just can't get away from it. They're trying to claim, like, it's not serious. And then they're doing the thing that I fucking hate. They're making it a partisan issue. So if you think that there's something wrong with this cloud, you must be a maggot shot, which, you know, I fucking hate maggot shots, but- <laughs> Maggot shots, I love it. This is a toxic fucking cloud. Like we can all see it. Why are you gaslighting me? Right. And telling me that it's not fucking happening and I'm just a fucking Republican if I think it's happening, <laughs> like, fuck you. Like at this point in my life, everyone is lucky that I don't own a gun. Right. <laughs> I, dude, it's it's true, man. And like, but that's just like the hat. Like, that's not even the half of it. I mean, all the shit that they were showing, like, I would be careful up in New York because I was seeing some videos yesterday, like of the rain and all the shit it was doing to people's cars. I heard they have to dig up the earth, the railroad tracks and everything. They said, don't plant or eat anything that's grown in that area. Like if you've got a garden, don't eat your stuff. Isn't that fucking convenient when they, like, inflate prices to where, like, eggs are up 70% and, like, you know, but you can't fucking, like, all those people's chickens, if they have them, are fucking dead anyway. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. And then there's all this other shit. Like, that's just one train. Then there was, what, there was, a, there was like, one or two other trains with some shit. Yeah, in Arizona. Yeah. And then yeah. a buddy of mine sent something, and apparently... In Tennessee, there was some compound with a uranium fire. Oh, what the fuck? They said, of course, the public isn't in any danger. Oh, of course not. It's just uranium. No big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, but apparently it was a, a national security complex in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. That's not danger. It's just like when they tested nuclear weapons in Nevada. Yeah, no one got cancer from that. No. Like, come on, man. Like, there's got to be something that that we don't know, right? Like, there's gotta be. Well, that's the thing. That's their fucking motive is to like, tell us what we're supposed to think. So if you fucking question it, then you can be labeled something. That's what'll start the whole like, people fighting against people thing. Like, oh, you must be a crazy conspiracy theorist because you don't want to go outside in the acid rain. Like, okay. Cruising.
cruising is a way for finding anonymous sex partners in public using discrete symbols and cues. Cruising is a spontaneous act and typically doesn't involve chatting beforehand to schedule a timed meeting. It is an in-person activity, and the first time you see a guy will also be when you decide whether or not to hook up with him. Cruising was popular in the 70s and 80s when society was not as tolerant towards homosexuality. With the increase of gay bars, clubs, and attractions, along with the use of online profiles and hookup apps like Grindr and Tinder, cruising has become a lost art. A popular cruising area will have many guys already present during the right time, and you must have to show up to cruise them. Unfortunately, crowded cruising areas have become rare and aren't available everywhere. Fortunately, cruising itself can be done anywhere. Keep in mind, cruising does not guarantee that you will find action. Sometimes you may show up to an empty cruising area or not see any guys your type, and that is completely normal. Try again another time. Cruising signals and cues can be as simple as eye contact to something more intricate, like the handkerchief code in the 70s and 80s when men would wear colored handkerchiefs sticking out of their back pockets. Billy Joel! Adjusted for inflation, John D. Rockefeller is the richest man in history with a net worth 10 times more than Bill Gates. Hashtag facts. So does does everyone use poppers before they go? I mean, not everyone, but that's definitely a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man, people smoke meth in there. <laughs> You're in a little locked room. You can sort of do whatever the fuck you want, you know. And, and like I said, like the rules of the establishment are basically just, you know, don't fuck anybody up. You know, don't do something somebody doesn't want you to do. And don't get the cops called here, you know. 
That's basically it. Don't be Jeffrey Dahmer. That friggin' stupid thing on Netflix is like, if I hear of a bathhouse or a port, that's like all I think about now. Is Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, now in my brain, that's a, you know, gay bathhouse is from that movie. That's all I can think about. I don't know. The perspective I take it from is that generally most people in there are way more scared of what's going on than I. It's really, it's really not dangerous. The way you would think like dangerous is like you're going to get robbed or mugged or anything like that or killed or beaten or whatever. No, but you have those fucking, you have those fucking psychos that go into gay clubs and shoot fucking people though. Like. You definitely do. Um, but. But for the most part, everybody that's in there is in there with a with a sole purpose in mind, and they just wanted that's what they want, you know, whatever they're there for. You know? and, and it's mostly sucking dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most, you know, mostly. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings Fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding. I want you to know that I caught two mullets today. Yes! I did. Two. The first guy, he already had one, but he wanted it trimmed up and stylish, <laughs> which was funny. And then he was like, you know, mullets are coming back in style. And I was like, oh yeah, that's good to know. So then when I got a second one, I was like, oh shit, are they? Like, <laughs> I've actually seen a couple of kids on TikTok with mullets. Yeah, mullets are cool now, guys. Get with the program. I didn't know. I never, I never will think that. Get yourself a mullet. I feel like every guy goes through a mullet stage. Like I had a mullet at some point and it was awful. It was fucking terrible. I think a mullet is better than a man bun. So yeah. Yeah, yeah true. The man bun, I can't, I can't. Generation set to soar. 
cosmos and reach the stars and leave the Earth forevermore. And so let us remember Sputnik's beard and it stood for all it achieved. A catalyst for science and progress. A symbol that we conceived. A group of kittens is called a Kindle. Hashtag facts. You can find pleasure in the hole. Was that was that you're not you're not sure like what I'm not sure there's anything that you would call etiquette. Alright. Um, what what uh, what would you call it? Well, etiquette implies a certain, let's say, unwritten rule book. Okay. Certain rules apply, right? Yeah. So unwritten rules, huh? That's what etiquette is, uh-huh. and I don't think it applies here. Okay. Well, why do you, why? What, what, like, I mean, are there not unwritten rules? Is there? I don't think there are any, necessarily any rules that apply. Okay. It's kind of, you go in there, take it out or do whatever, take your pants off or whatever. And if somebody comes along that's interested, they might put their hand through. And if, if that goes well, then what will happen is they'll pop out, they'll go in and uh, it'll be a hooker. So the glory hole is kind of a prelude, let's say, foreplay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that makes that makes good yeah. sense. Uh huh. Did you did you hear about that one guy uh, that, that was accused of killing and his wife, and they, they got him because he was googling a bunch of shit about how to get rid of a body. Yeah. Like, what type of fucking dumbass? Google's how to embalm a body. I mean, I would uh, definitely Google that. He Googled how to dismember a 130-pound woman's body. I would definitely Google that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I Google some weird shit. Like, I woke up at 4 a.m. the other day and was like, wait, is 2 Chains still alive? Uh, don't ask me why. And I Googled, is 2 Chains alive? He's alive, by the way. He's, he's still alive. Sadawan Lai was a great man. Sadawan Lai was a man of great vision and courage. He stood at the forefront of China's revolution and led his people through some of the most tumultuous and challenging times in their history. As a young man, Sadaw joined the Communist Party. He quickly rose through the ranks, earning a reputation as a brilliant strategist and a compassionate leader. He was instrumental in the founding of the People's Republic of China, and he served as its first premier for over two decades. But Zhao was more than just a politician. He was a humanitarian, a champion of human rights, and a tireless advocate for peace. He believed that every person had the right to a decent life, and worked tirelessly to build a society where everyone had access to education, healthcare, and a better future. Sal was a man of great depth and complexity. He had a sharp intellect, a deep sense of empathy, and a profound 
understanding of human nature. He was a man who could move mountains with his words. And he could also comfort a grieving mother with a simple gesture. Zhao was a man of many achievements, but perhaps his greatest legacy is the example he set for all of us. He taught us that leadership is not about power or prestige, but about service to others. He showed us that we must always be guided by our conscience, and that we must never compromise our values or our principles. Zhao and Lai was a man who changed the course of history, and who inspired millions with his vision and his passion. He was a true hero, and his legacy will endure for generations to come. Get the fuck off my lawn. So people go to the supermarket and like pop a couple grapes in their mouth or whatever. One time I saw a dude eat an apple, which, and that was like a year ago when I was just doing my regular grocery shopping. Um, Like you're not paying for that apple, you're just eating it. Um, But today at work, um, a woman took a donut out of our donut case and just walked through the bakery right in front of me eating the donut. You're not paying for the donut, so you just walk into the grocery store, take a donut, eat it, and you get a free donut. Apparently, those are the rules. So what I want to know is about maybe was there any time that you were in a glory hole and came across like someone whose first time it was in a glory hole? Oh, man. I don't know. I've definitely had some very naive guys at my house. Like, they were just, like, hella nervous, you know? But, uh... Let's hear about that. You want to know about <laughs> that? Oh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It was like, I don't know, I guess a couple of weeks ago, maybe this guy came over and he you know, kind of sat down. He was clearly nervous. He was just kind of fidgeting, like, looking around, like, what the fuck? You know, so I was like, well, you want me to suck your dick? Will that help me relax? He's like, no, actually, if we could just chat for a minute. And we had this wonderful conversation about art and philosophy and... It was just a really great conversation, almost to the point where sex was not even going to happen, you know, because it was really just a really fun, intelligent uh, conversation. Yeah, it was really cute. And yeah, he was pretty young. He was like a college kid. So I don't know. I, I have a I have sort of a special skill putting people at ease when they are feeling kind of weird like that. So He's scared of sucking the day. Yeah, like he's just scared of getting his dick sucked. Like, get over it. You're not even sucking the dick. That's my perspective on it. But, you know, I mean, if he's if he's relatively naive and new to the thing, you know, he is in a stranger's house. He's got no fucking idea who I am or what I'm about, you know? Like, I don't know. That's why I do, I like to host normally because people, like, I'm not into going to other people's house because people are fucking fucked up, man. They're just, you know, like, they're gross and weird. And, and you know, I, I just, I don't know. It, makes, it just kind of makes me sad for humanity when I see just destitution that people live in a lot of the time. And I don't mean it's, like, nasty or gross or anything, but just, like, just, like, the lack of, the lack of culture and the lack of art and the, the lack of, like, like stimulation of your brain up, you know? It's just, it really just kind of makes you sad. It's like, man. Hey, folks. How y'all doing tonight? I gotta say, I'm feeling a little bit like Colonel Nicholson from Bridge on the River Kwai. You know, a little bit obsessed with my work. A little bit different. And maybe a little bit out of touch with reality. Now, for those of you who don't know, 
Bridge on the River Kwai is a classic war movie about a group of British soldiers who are captured by the Japanese and forced to build a bridge over a river. And you know what they say, if you want to build a bridge, you gotta be willing to burn a few bridges first, am I right? But seriously folks, I have to wonder, what was the deal with that bridge? I mean, these guys were prisoners of war, forced to work long hours in grueling conditions, and what did they do? They decided to build the best damn bridge they possibly can? I mean, talk about misplaced priorities. And then, there's the whole issue of Colonel Nicholson's obsession with the bridge. I mean, this guy is so focused on getting that bridge built, that he's willing to risk his own life, and the lives of his men to make sure it gets done right. I mean, I know we all take bread in your work, but come on, man. It's just a fucking bridge. <laughs> and let's not forget about the ending. Spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it. The bridge gets blown up. I mean, talk about a waste of time and effort. It's like spending years building a sandcastle and then knocking it down yourself. But you know what? Despite all its flaws, Bridge of the River Kwai is still a classic movie, and it taught us some valuable lessons. Like, if you're ever a prisoner of war, try to be really good at fucking building bridges. And, if you're ever in charge of a group of soldiers, maybe don't get so obsessed with a bridge that you forget about the whole war thing. Anyway, that's all for me tonight. Thanks for listening, and remember, when it comes to bridge building. Always use caution, and don't forget the dynamite. So Rob, did you hear about that shit in Atlanta about Cop City? What, what ha- wait, what happened? Well, basically it was like, so the town, they wanted to set up like a police training facility that costs like a hundred million dollars or something like that. But it's basically like a militarized police base. The city of Atlanta voted against it, actually. The people that represent them voted any goddamn way they wanted to to make it go through. So people started protesting. And I guess like, you know, Because when there's protests and even if there's one black person, there has to be mace and pepper spray and rubber bullets and all that shit. There was a group of kids, there were like six of them that got arrested and all of them were from different states. Apparently they were the ones who torched a police cruiser. They're saying they're all Antifa, and they're labeling them domestic terrorists. What? Yep. There's a college nearby, and most of those kids probably go to that college, so they would keep their home state license. That's true. But I was thinking, because I always think in conspiracy, that it's like one of those things like that they knew there would be a protest there. The CIA infiltrates with little stooges that set people up, say that they're anti file when they're not. I mean, that's way more likely, actually. 
Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't hear about that. I mean, that's kind of wild when you think about it because, I mean, like does it? I guess it doesn't really matter what we vote for anymore because no matter no. what you do, it, it's these things are gonna happen. <laughs> like, I feel like most of it's a farce, and especially when you talk about voting. It's like I voted. I don't typically vote in the local stuff, um, but I've always voted for the president and, and all that. And what, what, what's the what's the figures? It's like like 50% of the population doesn't even vote. It might be more than that. Right? Yeah, that's why I always say, like, if that's the case, that's a vote of no confidence and they should uh, restart the process until they find the right people. I mean, really, at the end of the day, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's how you get people like like a trump to get into office as easily as he did even if even if uh 10 of those people don't like him it doesn't matter and, and a lot of times it's like the 10 that didn't like him just didn't vote and they were hurting themselves by not going out to vote you know i don't know the longest major league baseball game lasted eight hours and six minutes and went 25 innings hashtag facts
What are your thoughts on John Fetterman? Uh, so, Oz is a pretentious douchebag. So, obviously, didn't want Oz to get it just because I just don't, I don't really like him. I don't like his face. I don't know, man. You don't like but the fake doctor? I don't. I just yeah. I, I, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. I just. It's all it is is fake shit. But like Fetterman was was basically like borderline weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> so you're basically voting it. <laughs> Like Bernie, <laughs> so I mean, he just—he just had a, he had like another thing that happened to him. So it's like, yeah, he's he checked himself into a hospital for depression. Yeah, yes. I mean, he wasn't obviously fit either, but I think I guess it was too late to find someone else that that had like a hundred percent of their brain and not like. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I just I feel like it, it, it's when you when you come back from a stroke you're just you're not there you know like your your fucking brain is fried half the time at least at least you got to give yourself some time to like recover and I don't think he ever he ever did I I have to say he was the last one I would have wanted to see that happen to I really like John Fetterman I liked what he stood for yeah absolutely I mean how could you not Welcome to Drink O'Clock the podcast that's always happy hour. Join us each week as we sit down with interesting guests over a drink and talk about life, work, and everything in between. Whether you're sipping on a cold beer, a glass of wine, or your favorite cocktail, Drink O'Clock is the perfect way to unwind and hear some amazing stories. So tune in to Drink O'Clock every week anywhere you can find podcasts and join the conversation. Cheers. Charles de Gaulle. Oh, Charles de Gaulle, a towering man with thoughts that roamed like the winds of France. A leader bold with a heart that ran for freedom's cause he took a stance. His voice boomed loud like a poet's verse as he rallied troops to war's front line. His spirit strong, he'd never be coerced. His will to fight a force divine. But oh, his ego, it knew no bounds. He saw himself as Napoleon's heir, a leader proud with a fierce renown. With allies and foes, he'd never spare. A man of vision, a man of pride. He led his nation through troubled times. His legacy still felt worldwide. As his words echo like church bells chimed, oh, Charles de Gaulle, a towering man, a hero, a legend in his land. Is there anything else you think that, like, people should know? Like, are there common misconceptions that you've personally heard that you'd want people that listen to kind of come correct with? 
don't know. You know, I think I think the only thing that I would really that I would really uh, like say and really just encourage is that is that is that it's not a scary place, you know. And if it's something that someone is interested in, um, just to just to do it, you know. I mean, like I said, you know, you you only live once, and 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 if you and if you you know always wanted to do something like go to a glory hole, whether to be you know giving or receiving, and you just always chickened out, told yourself no, and you somehow regret that. Then here we are back again with this better regret something you have done or regret something you haven't done. You know, it, like at least you know when you regret something you have you haven't done, or you, I'm sorry, when you regret something you have done, at least you know why you regret it. If you regret something you haven't done, you just don't even know anything about it, and so you're really just you're, you're not you're not being honest with yourself. So I think that if someone is interested, if it's a thought they have, then I highly encourage them to check it out. You know, and there's. You know, it's easier than ever to do that. You know, because it's all over the fucking internet. You know, it's not hard to come across that, and and you can and you can try it. You know, and and if you know you do it once, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. Me personally, if I don't like it the first time, I always do it one more time just to be sure that I was right the first time. But, um, but you know, not everybody's like that. So, you know, so so yeah, that's basically basically what I would say is if it's something that, that piques your interest, um, I highly recommend checking it out because it might be the best thing ever. You may walk out of there just feeling like exactly who you were meant to be, you know, and just better about yourself and, and confident and, and, and more whole, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that going to a glory hole is going to, is going to turn you into like Buddha or some shit, but, um, it's definitely, if, if, if it's something that vibes with you, it's, it's definitely, uh, going to help you be who you are which is the ultimate goal i think as human beings is to be more yourself yeah because like there's a bunch of people trying to be other people but like if you are yourself you're already bringing something new to the table oh totally yeah 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 no it's definitely it's definitely rare to find people that are that are that confident in themselves that they can just kind of do whatever it is they, they 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 feel they want to you know like so many people put limitations on themselves based on other people's perspective and judgments and stuff. And I don't know, you're just not being fair to yourself if you do that. That's what I think. Yeah, you can't fucking care what people think. You really can't, you know? I mean, because, I mean, look at them. Right. <laughs> Especially the ones that worry about what everybody else thinks. It's kind of annoying. Jeez, I strive to as much confidence as you guys. I would never be able to live like that. The way I was, like, brought up, it's hard to, like, change. Like I applaud you guys. I don't know. You know, it's it's. I mean, you just got to be honest with yourself. It's not it's not something that comes easy. It's really a thing you got to focus. Just being confident in yourself and, and 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 you know, loving yourself and just being who you are. You know, for one thing, it's really hard and scary to discover who you are. You know, you might not like that person. You know, and you still got to live with them. So there's something real scary about that. And people, I think, are are that's where they stop is is that they don't want to know actually. It was a dark day in Brooklyn, my friends. The year was 1957. And the Dodgers, the beloved Brooklyn Dodgers, were packing their bags and heading to fucking California. Can you fucking believe it? The Dodgers, who had been a fixture in this community for over half a fucking century, were leaving us. It was a betrayal, plain and simple. How could they do this? Like, what the fuck? To the fans who had supported them thick and thin? To the borough that had 
fucking embracing since the days of Ebbets fucking field. I remember the day they announced the move. It was like yesterday. The streets were filled with people. All of us in shock. All of us wondering how we were going to go on without the fucking Dodgers. We couldn't fucking imagine it. It was like losing a part of ourselves. I mean, sure, there were reasons given for the move. They wanted a bigger fucking stadium, a more modern fucking facility. They wanted to tap into the booming West fucking coast market. But what about us? Like, what the fuck? The fans who had been there all along. What about our fucking loyalty? Our fucking love for the team. And let me tell you, it wasn't just about the fucking team. The Dodgers were more than a baseball club. They were the symbol of fucking Brooklyn. Of our community. Of our fucking community. Of our fucking resilience. They fucking represented us. Our values. Our struggles. Our fucking triumphs. They were part of our fucking identity. And now they were leaving us. Leaving behind a void that could never be filled. We would miss the crack of the fucking bat. The roar of the fucking crowd. The sense of fucking belonging that came with being a fucking Dodgers fan. We would miss everything that made them Brooklyn fucking Dodgers. But you know what? We didn't fucking give up. We didn't fold. We didn't start the fire. We kept on fucking fighting. Just like the fucking Dodgers had always done. We found new heroes. We found new fucking champions. We found new reasons to fucking cheer. We showed the world that Brooklyn was more than just a baseball team. We showed them that Brooklyn was a state of fucking mind. And we'll always have that. No matter where the fucking Dodgers go. Don't tell me what I like to hear. A little big dick. Have no fear. Coming up behind you. Enter in the back. Big vicious dick. Hanging sack. What I've got for you? Heart attack ensue. Sitting on the toilet. I let my nuts hang. Balls in the water. Call me Larry King. Wear suspenders. Hold up the ding a ling. Everyone's in shock. Better open wide. Speed boxing your tonsils. Astroglide. Come inside. So much fun. Thinking of you. Thumb in the bums. No other love. Like gold bond. Keeping my nuts fresh. When I spray it on
tell me what I'd like to hear a little big dick have no fear I fucking hate 50 Cent I do too he doesn't he doesn't really rap he just kind of slurs you know I blame I blame him for mumble rap him and Lil John. they just told us he was the greatest rapper ever like this is the greatest rapper of all time and I'm like what this guy sucks this isn't rap like it's fun pop music yeah like it's it's catchy it's not rap if a song is catchy it's it's no I mean rap can be catchy but he's not the greatest rapper of all time I mean that's like big yeah, oh. yeah. Oh no, man. I, 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 I think it's got to be Pac. I don't know if Biggie, oh, like, I don't know if Biggie was around long enough. Fresh dinner for the oil. For years, the pharmaceutical company Bayer held the trademark for the word heroin and sold the drug as a cough and headache remedy. Hashtag facts. Charles Starkweather. Oh, Charles Starkweather. A killer's name. A terror forever. A spray of death, a ravage of horror, a trail of blood, a story of terror. Born in Nebraska, a troubled youth. A mind unhinged, a life uncouth. A heart of darkness, a soul to kill. He took the road with his girlfriend by his side. A Bonnie and Clyde, a deadly ride. He killed her family with no remorse. And thus began his deadly horse. He killed for fun, he killed for rage. He killed in cold blood, he killed in a rage. He killed the innocent, he killed the young. He killed with no mercy, he killed with a gun. Charles Starkweather, oh Charles Starkweather. A name that chills, a name that terrifies, a killer's legacy, a stain on history, a warning forever of darkness in humanity. The subreddit, Glory Hole Locations, that's really pretty interesting because just all the people all over the world who are like, is there any glory holes in this random podunk town, <laughs> you know? And it's it's intriguing to think about just there's just people everywhere that are really, 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 really looking for something like that. It's like the rich people just, it's like they get rich, just keep getting more rich. You know, it doesn't matter where the economy is. And then, you know, you got us that's like, you know, struggling. I'm like, do I eat canned chicken today? Is that, is that what I'm doing? <laughs> you know, like, right. Uh, which, which really, by the way, I just started eating it a little bit more because it's got a lot of protein. 
But is it really chicken though? Like the kid says it is, but if my dog. Are we having a Jessica Simpson moment? It's just chicken soaked in water. I feed it to my cats. It doesn't look that way though. Like it it looks like cat food. So like when Mm -hmm. I open it to eat it, my dogs are like thinking I'm giving them their food, which scares me even more. As ownership of the Melody Tent passed to Bill and Beverly Carmen in 1978, the Big Top was replaced by a larger tent, the roster of children's matinees expanded, and week-long musicals were phased out in favor of shorter runs to spotlight individual artists. A rotating stage platform helped performers unfamiliar with theater in the round adapt, while a Bavarian beer garden helped vacation-minded audience relax. The Carmens also deserve an ovation for the caliber of acts they signed. From the Man in Black signature intro of Hello, I'm Johnny Cash, to Roy Orbison's famous crying falsetto, management delivered on its promise of the best of American theater from Broadway, motion pictures, Las Vegas, and television. The visiting celebrities, whether stars, starlets, or entertainment legends reviving past glory days, dazzled tiny hyenas, bringing business flocking. Neil Sedaka cruised into the harbor on his 60-foot yacht, singing his hit, Oh Carol. The showy pianist Liberace performed in a $300,000 Blue Fox Cape. Patti Page sang Old Cape Cod, while Hyannis' Main Street was renamed in her honor for the day. And Bob Hope offered up his deadpan routine for an entire week in 1980. I'm staying with a friend in Osterville, Hope quipped to his audience. I find it a very quiet town, especially at night. If you need to burp after 7 p.m., you have to go over to Centerville. Sued. And they won, but the damage. 
John has a fucking HGTV show. What? No. no way. Lil John. It's called Lil John Wants to Do What? And Lil John is like renovating homes for people. I fucking shit you not. Yes. Holy it, shit. It's hilarious. I'm going to have to watch, watch it. that shit. Is it like um, Vanilla Ice renovating homes? Yeah. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> Did you? Kind of. He does some crazy shit to people's houses. So I, I was watching the other day and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I watch a lot of HGTV, I don't, uh, unfortunately. I love HGTV. I want to know how he like communicates with people though. Like, is he just like, huh? What? Huh? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, just the fact that that exists, I have to watch. I'm going to have to look that up. 100%. It, like, it is, it's one of those things where like he tries to act normal, but all you ever see is those like three words, you know? It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Okay. okay. <laughs> Pokemon, go to the polls.